Hey there. Thanks for joining us for the latest podcast from Resound Church. We really believe that together we are better. And our heart is to reach, send, nurture and disciple people as they become all that God has intended them to be. You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or head over to our website resound.church forward slash app to grab our app which will keep you up to date with everything going on. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. So it's a privilege to be here speaking to people online as well. I'm looking at the camera, which I've been told sometimes I don't do. So if you can see me, great. Good to see you there as well. I want to talk to you today, and I'm going to start by reading from Hebrews uh, chapter, <clears throat> chapter 12. And we're going to run through this quickly, but it doesn't decrease the importance of what we've got to say. Hebrews 12 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he is seated in the place of honour beside God's throne. I got three simple points, and if my wife could pass me the water, that would be great. Um, Three simple points. The first is this, looking back. And you know, when we talk about looking back, it can mean many things. But the first thing I want to do is I want to look back on last year. I know some of you don't want to talk about last year. I know some of you are glad that last year is gone. I too am with you. Happy to see last year gone, mostly the, the, the last two months of the year where my face was getting sorted out. Um, but, but the reality is by looking back, we can learn some lessons. We need to acknowledge the sig- significant toll that COVID-19 has inflicted on the world. In our own nation, over 900 people have died. And, you know, I'm not here to make political statements, but any, any life lost is a significant impact. And, and most of you um, would be aware, you know, when someone passes away in your family, just one person, the amount of time and effort that goes into grieving and processing everything that goes on with the loss of one life is, is profound and, and rightly so. But when you look at what's happened across the world that has happened, you you know, I'm not sure what the toll is now, but so many times over and in many times and places, it was completely unnecessary. And so that's had an impact on the world and it's had an impact on us as well. Our nation has survived very well when you consider what we've gone through. I I, I say this respectfully and there is no way to separate the two, you know, death and finances don't go together. But I I need to say this as well, there has been a huge financial impact and I'm not in any way comparing the two because there is no comparison. But nonetheless, the financial impact of what has happened on many people's lives is significant as well. There are many small business owners that are no longer in business, uh, that are probably devastated financially, and, and there is a financial toll on them, but usually there's a relational toll as well, because not only do they lose their business, but there's the stress associated with finance, and it, it creates all sorts of turmoil. Our government now has debt that will probably take decades to, to, uh, to remove simply because of the things that they've put in place. 
The relational toll is a result of what has happened. I know many people were unable to visit uh, elderly people who were in homes where they were just locked off from them for for months at a time. And and, and when we look back at 2020, there are so many things that were were terrible and and we need to acknowledge the impact that has on us psychologically, relationally, personally, and, and, and know that and, and know that it's, it, it's something that we never want to see happen again. As a church, it's impacted us, a local church. You know, I, I'm not clear on the history, but I don't think there has been a time in our recent history where the church has stopped meeting for as long as it stopped meeting publicly. In our own nation, you know, just months and months and months where the only option you had was to go online. The amazing thing is, had it happened, you you know, 50 years ago, you wouldn't be going online. There was no online to go to. And and so as a church that is uh, across the nation, it's changed things. Lots of churches went to online meetings. Many many churches had to change their methods of giving. You know, in in the city, there are ways that people give they would give online and whatever else but you know many country areas people only ever gave cash or check in in the basket as it went past and that's that had to all change as well and some people say oh does that matter that much well it matters a lot to the church itself to the church's viability the church still has bills still has loans to pay off it still has people that it has on staff and and in many churches across the country they all struggled to work this all out they tried to do the online thing tried to work all that out as well because often there wasn't the people with the skills required to get that done so the church has been impacted significantly we've been fortunate here because we've got some great people who are gifted we've had people who transferred their giving online and that's helped us significantly but nonetheless it's had an impact on us locally here our church has been impacted our attendance patterns have changed more people access our Sunday meetings online now and our regular attendance has dropped and I'm not telling I'm not keeping a secret I'm just telling you how it is it's all in line with what's happening in other churches across the globe and in New Zealand as well. And Australia and New Zealand are the outliers, if you like, simply because of the, the small impact that it's had. But it has it, it impacted. You know, I was talking to some guys in New Zealand just the other day, and their, in, their, their in-person attendance has dropped significantly, probably down 40 to 50%. And yet they've virtually gone sailed through with a, a very little impact. The church has changed. Some people will say that what has happened is the crisis has accelerated a trend that was already taking place. Our giving locally, our giving patterns have changed. Most people give online. Our groups have decreased and changed to different formats. Some will return to the previous normal. Some will change forever. Just on Thursday night, we had another prayer meeting on Zoom. And some of those things, we'll just keep doing it that way because it works well and people are used to it now. Our outreach desire remains the same, but how we do what we do needs to be completely reviewed. The Rahab ministry to sex workers cannot resume in the same manner. And while there, there is some work continuing, it's, it's different. We cannot do what we previously did. Over the next few months, we'll continue to review what we do and, and look at new ways of touching people and impacting them in their lives. Discipleship remains as important, if not more important than ever. 
In the past, people, some people relied only on what happened on Sunday morning to maintain their spiritual well-being. It can't happen that way any longer. Your spiritual well-being, it, it's, it's not like you eat one day a week. As a matter of fact, uh, we eat three and four times a day normally and with food. And, you know, spiritually, we need to maintain the same sort of disciplines. We need to eat regularly. You need to be in relationship with God regularly. And, you know, we're going to continue to look at how we change what we do to become more effective disciples. Your spiritual well-being is of critical importance. 2020 changed the church. Some will say there are components that, um, that, have, uh, that will improve the church's impact going forward. Some will decry the changes and wish that nothing had ever happened. The reality is this. We cannot change what's happened in 2020. It's done. It's gone. It's finished. What we've got to do is look at where we are now and move forward. And maybe if I can say this respectfully... It may be that you need to talk to someone about what you've gone through. The reality is this, everyone has gone through a significant impact, relationally, financially, emotionally, and sometimes people keep it all in and they just think, oh, it's okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. Uh, Sometimes you're not okay, sometimes you need to talk to somebody. Sometimes you just need to talk it out. It helps talking it out. And even though there's no solution or answer, talking it out makes a real difference. Knowing someone else understands your circumstance makes a real difference. So if that's you, contact someone, talk to somebody and get some help if that's what you need. Where we are today... So for Resound Church, you know, we're just over a year old with the changed name. The future of our church is an integration of online and in-person church. And some of you will be uncomfortable with this, but you need to understand that whether you're online, which I can see people online, some through the camera I can weave through the internet there somehow. <laughs> so, you, you know, it's the people in pyjamas, I can see you. <laughs> I'm watching. <laughs> it's... Oh, you're not supposed to say that? Oh, right, okay, okay. Save yourself right, you should have got dressed. Um, the reality is this. Going forward, our church will be a combination of online and in-person. And do you know who's more important? Neither. There will be people that are members of our church that you never see that doesn't decrease their value. It, it, it doesn't mean they're less important. It will be a challenge for us to work out how we care for people, uh, how we connect with people. But the reality is this is the future. This is the way forward. And so there'll be some people you don't see as much as you used to see them. Does that mean there's a problem with their spirituality, that they're somehow falling away from God? No, it doesn't. It just means the way we connect is now different. In the old days, you, you, you used to go to the bank and if you were going to save your money, what you did is you took your cash in after you got your pay, uh, your, your pay which was usually via cash as well, and if you were going to save, you put your money in at the bank with your passbook account. Now, if the bank didn't see you regularly, there was a problem because it meant you weren't doing what you were supposed to be doing. That mentality stays with us. Too often we evaluate a person's well-being based on how much we see. We are not, you are not, I am not, 
the judge of someone's well-being based on their attendance in person. How we connect, how we serve and how we reach our communities both online and in person is going to change and we're going to have to keep considering that. It's going to be a challenge. Let me remind you of some things that we all know about our church. Reach, send, nurture, disciple. Our mission stays the same. It's not changed. It's exactly as it was when we stated it, you know, 12 months ago. And we're going to keep reaching out. We're going to keep nurturing people. We're going to keep sending people. I got it up. I mucked up, didn't I? And we're going to keep discipling people. Second thing is this, our values, which creates the culture we're attempting to build, remain the same. Generosity, relational, authentic, compelling, encouraging. And I know all of the words don't actually make sense. Uh, the, uh, the, The outcome is grace. What we're doing is we're trying to create a culture. And compelling, you sort of think, is it compelling a value? Well, it says something about what we want to be and what we want to do. The the, the outcome of all of this is a place where hopefully people are valued. The conference centre and the cafe remain closed. And they're going to stay closed for some time, yet we're reassessing what we do in this space. The way business works is this, income and expense, and then hopefully surplus. At the moment, our income, if we reopen will not exceed our expense and therefore will stay closed. Now, some people will say, oh, yeah, but you're not going to make money if you don't open up. That's right, but we're not going to incur costs if we don't open up as well. You see, um, if we open up, you've got to employ staff to open up. You've got to pay for food. You've got to have someone answering the phone to take the bookings, the conference, everything else. And, and, you know, one person, if you pay one person $50,000 a year, which is not much... That means you've got to have at least $1,000 in income to cover that person's salary. The reality is it costs more than that to employ somebody. And it also costs us more in food and uh, all of the other expenses. And so we don't believe the climate is right yet for us to reopen. And we don't plan to do that anytime soon. Across the road, there are more cafes than there were prior to COVID. And so there's increased competition. And, and, and our primary goal is not cafe and conference, and our primary goal is the church. And so we'll keep you informed. It's, and the reason I'm telling you this is we just want to let you know where it is. We have a responsibility to be good stewards of what we have. And that leads into the second point is that we are going to review the spaces that we have because previously the whole thing was configured for the conference centre and now we're going to reassess some of that so that we can get the outcomes that we want. Um, Nothing's happening anytime soon. We're still in the process of assessing. Just some personal things. You know, Ruth and I continue in the roles that we had prior to 2020. I'm still the national leader of Axe Global Churches, um, and that's where the, that's my primary source of income. Uh, we still lead a network of, I don't know, 25 or 26 churches. Uh, we're still the senior pastors at Waterfront Christian Church in Geelong as well, uh, and, and, and then maintain all the other relationships that we have both locally and internationally. Nothing's changed there either. That's going to continue as it is. Looking forward... Our focus on the future. Our vision is this, and we revised our vision statement again 12 months ago. It's simply this. 
impacting communities through compelling discipling gatherings across all generations. It's a change, and I just want to take a moment and explain some of what that means. Impacting communities goes without saying. There are communities of people everywhere. A community, and I've said this many times, a community is not a, a, a suburb or a postcode. A community is the people you connect with. And in your community, there is a different number of people that are placed in different places. In other words, if we said, okay, Bev Danby has a community. What's her community? It's her family, it's her friends, it may be her neighbours. It's the people she regularly connects with. They're her community. And what we want is for Bev Danby to be able to impact her community. We're not asking Bev to go out and reach everyone in the postcode that she lives in. All we're asking her to do is to reach... We'll try. All we're asking her to do is to reach the people in her community. It's not a big ask. It's about positively impacting them. So impacting communities, and it goes on, through compelling discipling gatherings across all generations. The goal here is compelling discipling gatherings. And I'll get to saying something about groups in a few moments. But a compelling discipling gathering is a small group of people who get together Uh, and want to keep getting together. If it's not compelling, they don't want to stay. All of us have been parts of groups of some sort or another, and after a while you think, why am I doing this? It's just boring. I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, It needs to be compelling. There needs to be a component or a factor that draws you to that group. Now, clearly because it's a church group, if I can put it, we want it to be discipling. In other words, discipling, I haven't got time this morning to go into all that discipling means, but it's much more than just reading your Bible and praying. Jesus taught us how to live life. And so discipling gatherings, it's about all of life. It's about us learning and growing and it's across all generations. And so we can have those gatherings in a house, we can have them online, we can have them locally, we can have them globally, they can be anywhere and everywhere. The goal is simply, our goal as a church is to have those gatherings in a place where it's beneficial for people and they can touch and impact their community. Our mission, as I said before, stays the same. Over the next five years, what we want to do is is grow by about 15% per annum. And why, why is it important that we grow? I'll tell you why. If we only grow by 1%, it's worthwhile. Why is, it, why is it important to grow? Our goal is to reach people for Jesus Christ. Every single life matters. And, and, and if we don't um, push towards some sense of growth, what we're actually saying is, you know what, we're comfortable just as we are. And you might be comfortable just as you are, but we have an obligation that, that is derived from the Great Commission, where Jesus said to go into all the world and preach the gospel. One person that comes to Christ is worth our time and effort. We don't know what it can do for that one. We do know eternally what it can do, but we don't know what it can do in, in that family. We don't know what it can do in their neighbourhood. Every single person matters. It's not about us accruing people. It's about us extending the kingdom of God. And we need, to, we need to be serious about reaching people, helping them in their circumstance and in their situation. We want to keep increasing the number of places where those compelling gatherings are. And, we, and eventually we want to reach out to other localities and, and, um, and, and plant new gatherings so that people can be connected and grow as well. 
We've just got to keep changing the game. I was talking to someone the other day about, uh, uh, about the person's son's business and how it's growing. And it's growing astronomically, which is amazing. Just a young guy with a, a new business idea and it has grown astronomically overnight. But he's doing it the new way, not the old way. The old way that a business was built was, you know, brick by brick. It doesn't work that way anymore. And nor should the church work that way anymore. It, the church's growth is not dependent upon the organization. It's dependent upon the people. What Jesus did when he said, go and preach the gospel, he was saying to everyone, go and do the same thing. It's not about the church here growing. It's about the kingdom of God growing, people's lives being touched, changed and transformed. We're going to keep working on our international relationships in Ireland and England and Indonesia and India and Nepal and Vietnam and then so many others. And we're going to try and integrate our relationship with them in such a way that it brings about a change for us as well as a change for them. Traditionally, missions was about the supporter giving to the other nation. What we want to do is turn the whole thing around. It's, it's about a relationship. It's about what we give to them, but also what they give to us. Now, there may be a difference in what we give and what they give. It's not just about finance. It's about partnership, helping, learning, and growing. Finally, I just want to finish because we've gone past time. I want to say three things. The power of focus. Number the, uh, First is this. The power of focus centers attention on what you're focused on. Everyone's, everyone understands a microscope. What happens when you get a microscope, you close one eye, you get your eyeball on the, what do you call the tube? Somebody tell me. The tube. Yeah, that's it. And you look. And all of a sudden, all that happens is you can focus on what's at the other end of the tube. There's some sort of magnifying glass or something, I don't know. But but you don't get to see anything other than the result at the other end of the tube. You can't see, because one eye is closed, you can't see anything else. And too often what happens with our lives is we don't focus enough. We actually look at everything else. Our peripheral vision becomes the focus of our attention. What somebody else is saying, what somebody else is doing becomes more important than the thing we should be doing ourselves. And the writer of the Hebrews, let me read that to you again. It says this, let us run with endurance the race God set before us. There's a thing that God has called you to do. Focus on doing that. Don't worry about what everyone else is doing. Get, get, uh, you get a narrow focus and do the thing that God has called you to do. And it says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. The second thing focus does is it decreases distraction through peripheral vision. <clears throat> and, and you know, my definition of peripheral vision, if I can put it that way, is Distraction. Now, peripheral vision is really important when you're driving. So I'm not suggesting that you somehow discard that. But when it comes to organizing your life, your peripheral vision, if you're worried about what everyone else is doing, if you're comparing yourself with what everyone else is doing, it's going to hurt you. Don't do that. You may have questions. Well, let the questions go. Social media is a distraction a lot of the time. Why? Because all you're worried about is how everyone else is living their life. Who cares how they live their life? Focus on how you live your life. And so decrease the distraction that peripheral vision can create. 
Philippians 3, 13 says this, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Paul's speaking to the church at Philippi. He's saying, listen, whatever's happens, happened. I'm going for what God has called me to go for. As a church, we need to go what God has called us to go for. As an individual, you need to go what God has called you to go for. And the third point is this. Focus gives clear direction. It increases value and it focuses energy. 1 Timothy 4.13 says this, until I get there. This is what uh, Paul is speaking to Timothy about. He says, focus on reading the scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers and teaching them. Focus on reading the scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers and teaching them. Paul here, speaking to young Timothy, who was responsible for a church, tells him what to do. Focus on these three things. Now, my question to you today is, what are you going to focus on? As a church, we've got lots of things to do. But my question is, what are you going to focus on? Next week, we'll be talking about groups. Groups are so important. And if I can just say this, you know, your world revolves around groups. Not the groups the church runs, but the groups that society develops. Family is a group. Friends are a group. Work colleagues are a group. There are groups that you learn from. There is a football club. There's a cricket club. I don't know if you learn from them. But ideally, you should. You you know, when a football team trains together, they're teaching one another. Groups are a part of society and critical for our our, our, um, psychological well-being. They're critical for our development. They're critical for our relational uh, well-being. And and so, you know, we're going to talk a little bit more about groups. and, and, And while we'll talk about groups here, they're not the only groups in society. We understand that. But they're an important part of what we do. I want to encourage you today. Focus forward. Look forward, let God do in you and through you what he desires to do. I know what's happened in the past year has been difficult, but that's okay. We're all here. We're moving forward. Not in any way putting down the pain that people have suffered. But what I am saying is this, we've got to move forward. If you need help to move forward, we're good people that happily will talk to you and help you in that area as well. Let's focus forward and see God do profound and extraordinary things this year and in the years that lie ahead. I'm going to pray. Father, for people here and online, help us not to be distracted. Help us to focus on the things that are important that you've spoken to us about in our life. Father, where our peripheral vision has distracted us, where we've looked at other things and other people's activities and We've lost focus. Father, I pray, close off our peripheral vision so we can focus on what you've called us to do. And Father, as we focus our ultimate goal, the thing that would give us the greatest pleasure, and I know you the greatest pleasure, is to help those and love those around about us so that they can experience the life that Jesus Christ gave his life for. So they can experience an abundant life here and now and for all eternity. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in us. Look forward to hearing more about what you've got to say over the weeks ahead. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hey, what a great message. Thanks for joining us here at Resound Church. We pray that you've been encouraged through the message and that you've grown just a little bit closer to God. 
While you're online, why don't you head over and give us a like on Facebook or Instagram or check out our website at resound.church. You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or head over to our website resound.church forward slash app to grab our app which will keep you up to date with everything going on. Well, don't forget next week there'll be another amazing podcast here to listen to from Resound Church. We hope you join us then.